Welcome into the first of many off-season episodes. This is going to be pre-season 2021 of the Fantasy Daydreamers. We're going to talk about some great things today. We're going to recap the 2020 season, give you some players that we liked, maybe some that we didn't, maybe some we're excited for next year. Anyway, let's move on to the pod. Welcome in, everybody. We have me, producer Ian, filling in for JJ, uh, Keone. What's up? And welcome back, Mr. Ryan Wylan-Williams. Finally, I have come back home to the podcast I belong to. Uh, it's great to have you back, man. Um, so let's just get right into it. Um we're going to talk about the 2020 season. We're going to recap some things. Um, honestly, let's start. Keone, who was who surprised you throughout the last season? So, I'm going to say a one Mr. Baker Mayfield. He, I called him out a little bit at the beginning of the season, and I set him up for I, – I hyped him up big, and then that first game, he kind of let me down. But for me and his – Cleveland fans, he came through and got him to the playoffs for the first time in God knows how long. And I just, I, I after that first game, it wouldn't, you wouldn't have expected it, but uh, he pulled it through and he really rallied around, got that team rallied around him and utilized the talents that he had and made it to the playoffs. So very, very surprising by him. Okay. All right. Ryan, who do you, who would, uh, who surprised you? The person that surprised me was uh, Justin Jefferson. Um, I thought he was going to be a good wide receiver. I thought he was mostly a slot receiver. But last year, he showed that he was a diamond receiver outside or inside. I mean, he had better numbers than rookie Randy Moss, everything except for the touchdowns. He had better numbers than Stefan Diggs in his rookie season. He showed out, and my best friend James called it out last season, if you remember, he was going to break out, and he did. Well, all those players you named are just hot. Garbage. So, doesn't matter. Randy Moss. Garbage. Um, Stefan Diggs. Garbage. The hottest of garbage. So, um, but in all seriousness, yeah, he, he had a, an amazing season that uh, I didn't expect either. I'm going to go with another rookie on my list and say Justin Herbert. Um, I think the biggest surprise is the fact that we didn't think he was going to start until maybe halfway through the season. That's what the, uh, like, Anthony Lynn Chargers made us believe. And then he got even surprised when he put that hit job out on. Oh, Herbert's dad is a do- team doctor. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly he got thrown into the game, and he was he was lights out the rest of the season. He only had that one really bad game where they got shut out by the Patriots. So, um, And that's Bill Belichick. It's going to happen. It's, yeah, it's Bill Belichick against the Chargers. So. He always likes to do that. Um, he's fun to watch, and I'm excited for him next year, too. I also do have JJ's notes, even though he couldn't be here with us. He said J.K. Dobbins, another rookie who um, kind of took over the spot when it wasn't really expected him to take over. So let's go on to the next one. Who is someone you're looking to draft this season based solely on the last season? Ryan, you can go first. For me, it's going to be Dallas Goddard. Shout out, fly, Eagles fly. This is the Eagles hour on the podcast now. It's back. 
Um, for me, last year, he did get hurt, but in his 11 games, compared to Zach Ertz's 11 games, he had more receptions, more yards, and more touchdowns. Zach Ertz is going to be gone next year. That's pretty much a foregone conclusion. Dallas Gard becomes the number one in a tie-in friendly offense. I think he's going to skyrocket into top six tight ends next year. Uh, I think that he's going to have a pretty good value as one of those nine to 10 round picks that you can kind of scoop up late. I think this is the guy I'm going after next year. As your tight end one? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, Keone. Well, speaking of the tight end position, a guy who probably acts more like a tight end one. Pow, 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 shots fired. I'm going to go with Darren Waller because he really showed this season that he was like the main guy in not Oakland, but Las Vegas. And he's pulling, pulling on those slot machines and it's just coming up with him and Derek Carr. Like they're going to each other back and forth and seven, seven, seven. Yeah. You know it. I think he had over a thousand yards this season. And I think it was over 11 yards per reception and without George Kittle because he was injured he was in that top tier of tight ends. So I'm looking next year, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, of course, and Darren Waller to be those top three tight ends that are taken. I think Darren Waller also caught like 73% of his contested passes. Yes, he did. So that is absolutely ridiculous. Um, My player is James Robinson. I think as you guys can tell, I really like James Robinson last year. Um, I'm a huge fan of consistency um, in fantasy. I really like knowing that my guy is going to get me like 14 points a game instead of just like, is he going to get me 22? Is he going to get me seven? So uh, in my early years of fantasy football, I always tried to get Frank Gore because he would always do that. He would either get 50 yards and a touchdown or he would get like 115 yards and be like, okay, no touchdown. But you know what? He, he got his 15 points and he moved on clocked in for work and he left. So, that's what I really like in a player, and I hope that he's going to be consistent again and possibly even be better once they have a better offense with Trevor Lawrence next year. You guys remember when we were trying to compare Todd Gurley and James Robinson? See who's when we wanted more? Yeah. I think it's James Robinson by a lot now. Uh, yeah, well, Todd Gurley is injury prone. Yeah, he's a, he's like a, the, the Samuel Jackson from Unbreakable. Glass, glass, glass made of glass. Yeah, that is what he's made of. He's made of <laughs> just breaking all the place. Um, for JJ's player, he said Miles Gaskin. Um, I think he just likes Dolphins players. JJ. He's always been fascinated with going to Florida. Um, all right. Who is someone that you believe will be overhyped after this season? Let's go Keone first. All right. This uh, potentially is going to be a, a hot take. I'm going to go with Tom Brady. And I know, I know, he just won his seventh Super Bowl. Like, good for him. Great. I'm, good job, dude. You, you know, super duper. And I'm not taking anything away from him. But I just think he's a guy who people love to talk about and love to just fill air talking about Tom Brady. And I understand the irony in doing so right now. However, there's just, 
he's not the like there's way better quarterbacks in the league. He just he gets carried by really, really good defenses. And not that he's a bad player. I mean, he's 44 the, touchdowns last year. Yeah, he had a really, really good season. But I think going into this next season, given the way last season happened, he's going to be overhyped, especially at the quarterback position. You saying age is finally going to catch up to him or? I mean, maybe the news that Drew Brees will have is that he's passing on his bad arm juju to to uh, Tom Brady because they're in the same division. So can we just talk about Drew Brees real quick since you brought him up? Did you guys see the video of him working out all intense, like pushing those weights up and down the street? I did not. Do you think he's actually going to retire? Because you're not pushing those weights that hard unless you're unless you're coming back. What if he's testing it? What if he's like, I got to go pump. I got to go get a real good pump on and see how my body handles it. He needs to go to Germany and get those illegal surgeries. And then come back. <laughs> like maybe if I can't. Suddenly I'm doing this. Can I even take anything to uh, like, can I get hit next year if I can't even push a sled up a, a road or something? Yeah. He's doing like Rocky montages and stuff. Agrees to Philly. <gasps> you heard it here first. Yeah. You heard, you it. heard it here last too. Hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, who's, Ryan, who's your overhyped player? Uh, for me, it's going to be Chase Claypool. Um, Juju. Probably going to lead the Steelers. I think this guy and Dr. Johnson, who I think is better than Chase Claypool, is, uh, are going to be really hyped next year. If you look at Claypool's stats, he had a good season, 11 total touchdowns. Six of those were in the first five games of the year. He also had five games with over 70 yards. Four of those were in the first five games of last year. After that, he didn't have – he had another – 100-yard game in the last game of the season versus the Browns. That's it. I I think his product, total production looks good. But most of the season, he was below average. If you took that one game against Philly where he had four touchdowns, it is very below average. Plus, that's going against Philly. That's like beating up with a younger brother. Everyone should have a good game against Philly. Yeah, they don't even have their controller plugged in. Come on. <laughs> the battery. <laughs> Shots fired. But I agree. All right. Um, my overhyped player is going to be Jalen Hurts. Shout out. Um, I think that he had really good, he had a really good flash. That one game where he scored almost 40 points. He had like 300 and something yards passing and he had like 108 yards rushing. But if you like look at the what four games he started, right? Four, five. Um, uh, like he played well only half or he, three quarters. I'm not going to count one. that one. That one doesn't okay. really count because it he got thrown in there and he only had like 12 passes. But the games that he started, he had five passing touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns in four games. So that's good. My issue is knowing Philly. And the rumor is that they could take a quarterback with the sixth uh, draft pick this year. If they do not get this man some help, he really is going to have to run the ball in order to be really fantasy relevant. Otherwise, it's just going to be him and Dallas Goddard. And I don't think you can make a good season with 
just one real receiver and then maybe Miles Sanders too. That's my issue with Jalen Hurts. Any arguments against it, Ryan? No? You just love <laughs> Dang. You want to fight me? <laughs> no, I don't want to fight you. I'm not, I'm not really. Eagles. It has nothing to do with I mean, Hurts, I think, is a good quarterback. But until you see what else happens in this offense or what changes are made, um, can't really argue with what you're saying. I mean, Dallas Gardner was our best target. Rager was up and down. Fulgham, I think, is not very good. I just think he got caught some lucky touchdowns. Yeah, it was when he was completely alone, pretty much, in the receiving core. If they draft a legit weapon like Jamar Chase, Dante, Dante Smith, I think this take doesn't matter because I think now their offense will be a little better. But until then... I can't say anything about the Eagles offense. Yeah, Travis Fulgham was really good because it was Travis Fulgham one and then Mark Wahlberg in Invincible as wide receiver two. So that really helped him in his stock. My argument is that's overhyped. I think he'll be okay. But I think some people are going to reach for him in next year's draft based off of four games of production that we saw. We didn't see much. So I'm just worried that somebody's going to go take him like QB5 and they're going to be like, "Mm, maybe not QB5. Let's let's wait on them because they have big hope for them. Let's move on to some news. In case you didn't hear, Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff were traded. Matthew Stafford's now on the Rams. Jared Goff is now in Detroit. So it was Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff and a slew of picks. Essentially, the... Rams are still not drafting uh, in the first round until like 2026, something like that. Around 2024, I think. 2024, which means that their last first round draft pick was Jared Goff. In 2016. Yeah, so they're going to go almost like eight years without a first round draft pick, unless they trade in to this year, like suddenly. I, I think Sean McVay and everybody in LA just doesn't like to work on that Thursday. So they just want to I mean, everybody in LA does overappreciate the value of youth. So just just saying they're trying to get it now and then. True. So anyway, the big question is, which one player from this whole trade deal wins the, like from a fantasy perspective? Who's going to have the best glow up? Um, Keone, what do you think? I don't know if I would say one player because I'm not sure how the dynamic will work, but. I'm going to say either Robert Woods or Cooper Cup. One of those two wide receivers, I think, is going to get the benefit of a more stable and consistent quarterback than Jared Goff was, who was frequently on our Kevin Sorbo disappointed player of the week last year, whereas Matt Stafford is incredibly tough and he'll like play through a lot of injuries. And I think having those two talents with him will give him a, like them a good chance to get a good amount of touches and touchdowns and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. They both already eat yards and stuff like too. So uh, just improving the quarterback position should even improve their, their stock even more. Uh, Ryan, who do you think wins? For me, it's going to be Deandre Swift uh, with Jared Goff going to Detroit and Anthony Lynn going to Detroit as offensive coordinator. I think he becomes uh, really important in the, in the past game, even more than he was last year, because 
Goff likes to dump it down to his quarter or to his running backs and um, Anthony Lynn. I mean, Austin Eckler had like almost a, or, or over over a hundred receptions last year or two years ago. Sorry, last year he was hurt for most of it. I mean, I think this guy is gonna really break out. He had to deal with Adrian Peterson and Matt Patricia and Carryon Johnson. Carryon Johnson's still gonna be there, but I think Carryon Johnson's a clear number two. And the AP's gone. He's not coming back. And Matt Patricia should never coach, be a head coach again. Dang. Cruel. But all right. I think for me, I'm debating between Matt Stafford winning and like Robert Woods winning. And I think I got to edge it out to Matt Stafford because the team just around Matt Stafford immediately gets better. Um, they have a good running attack with Cam Akers and uh, Daryl Henderson and like eight, 18 other running backs in that, in that team. Um, it was an open casting call. Essentially. And then Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are a good one-two punch to where even if one of them goes out, he at least has one A or one B still there. Meanwhile, when um, on Johnson, right? Carryon, no. Yeah, Carryon Johnson uh, went out. Um, it was Marvin Jones Jr. And it was like, okay, he's he's okay, but he can't be your number one. Like, Robert Woods goes down, Cooper Cup can fill that number one spot uh, and vice versa. So I think Matt Stafford's going to win that one. I think he's going to just be more efficient and better. And so that's my take on it. Let's move on to the next big piece of news. Carson Wentz was traded to the Colts for a couple of picks. At first glance... Where do you guys have them in this trade? This is actually a Twitter poll we put up. And so I'm going to give you the three options that we gave Twitter. QB1, the future. QB2, fair enough. Okay. Streaming. Or unusable hot garbage. Garbage. Which, where do you think he falls, Ryan? QB2, streamer. Um, I like the offense he's in. I like the run game. I think the thing about... Carson Wentz is. Um, I'm not sure if 2017 is even possible for him to get, but I think 2019 is easily retainable. He had 4,000 yards, only seven picks, 20 plus touchdowns. That's the guy that Frank Rice should be getting. If they get 2017 Carson Wentz, great. I mean, they're probably going to go to the Super Bowl with that with that talent. But I just think he's. 2019 wins is what they should be focused on, which is, I think he is a good streamer. Okay. Like, so do you, where, where in the streaming category in QB two, where are you putting him? Like QB 12 or like QB 24? Cause technically that is, that is a QB two. I would put him QB 14. Yeah. Somewhere around the Jared Goff I had, I bring last year when I did, we did the, uh, preseason rankings i had him around 14 or 15 so like the number essentially the number two number three qb2 yeah okay uh keone where do you have him so i'm gonna defy the advice of public enemy and i'm going to believe the hype it's gonna be the law firm of reich and wentz and they're just gonna be getting yards down the field and they had 33 touchdowns together in Philadelphia back in the day. 
and and I think that was the most touchdowns in the Eagles franchise history. So I'm not necessarily going to say that's going to happen again with the Colts because they've had both they've had Peyton Manning and uh, Philip Rivers as their quarterbacks, and, and Andrew Luck, and Andrew Luck. They've had a, a slew of very good quarterbacks. So I don't know if he's going to get like set franchise records per se, but I, I I put him in that that top class. Although it's the border between t- tier one and tier two, or streamer and uh, QB one. So what would you rank him? Impulse right now, three, two, one. Eleven. Okay. Um, I'm gonna uh, kind of agree with Keone there. I was gonna have him at I think twelve exactly. Um, so I think he's going to be flirting with QB one and more likely probably just be a really solid streamer for, throughout the year. Um, cause I do like that Frank Reich offense, but I think they're going to run the ball with Jonathan Taylor more cause that's what they showed they can do. So the Twitter poll said 42% said he was the future QB one 50% of people said he was QB two. Fair enough. And 8% said he was hot garbage, unusable. So it looks like Twitter kind of agreed with us. That's pretty much where we said he was going to be. QB1, QB2, probably closer to QB2. So, um, but to be honest, it was probably just James and his burner accounts. Twitter will soon know about the fantasy daydreamers and daydreamer media. Is that a threat? It came off as a threat, but it's like, Please, Twitter, open your arms to us. Like you're about to just intimidate Twitter. All right, let's go. Let's do with uh, what we learned this past season. So these are things that we want to take away and uh, apply to our future fantasy leagues. And so that way we know, um, like, just keep these in mind when you're going to next year and, and you're ready to go when you're ready to draft and understand that these things happen to all of us. So... I'll go first. The NFL changes week to week, meaning fantasy changes every week. So like a guy has a bad week. You can't count him out for the whole season. Vice versa. Some dude sucks in the beginning five games of the season. He starts doing well. Well, maybe you got to start plugging him in. Kind of like what we saw with T.Y. Hilton last year. Um, And a lot of the Colts players, it was they maybe had some bad weeks and then suddenly Big Phil really liked him for three weeks in a row and and they were hitting, they were, they were going. So that's kind of where you have to do is look who's hot right now, use them, stuff like that. And don't be afraid to be like, well, he sucked these games, so I can't put him in. Like, you got to understand how the season flows and, and everything. So, Keone, what do you think? So mine is a little bit similar, but um, it's much like the defense wins a Super Bowl. Shout out to Todd Bowles carrying that team. Um, making the right moves on the waiver wire is a key to success because if you can't adapt to what's happening throughout the season and be able to add people or drop people, then you might've drafted amazingly. And if you don't use, utilize the waiver wire, you could end up potentially not making playoffs and vice versa. If you have a terrible draft, but you utilize the waiver wire really, really well, you could potentially see yourself in the playoffs. So the waiver wire is key. I mean, look at James Robinson last year. I just want to talk about him again. Um, 
nobody drafted him. Like he was drafted in some deep leagues maybe, but otherwise like you pick him up week two, week three, and he's your running back one that whole season, running back two, maybe the whole season, like very consistent. So it really does pay and it really helps. Same with like Mike Davis there for a couple of weeks, really helped them uh, players like that. So Ryan, what's your advice for next season? Uh, for me, it's stay in your, stay on your level. Uh, don't do too many leagues. It is super hard to focus. Last year, I did eight leagues. I didn't make the playoffs to any of them. Why are you on the uh, advice pod? Because <laughs> um, I give good advice. I just don't take it. You know, uh, that's the problem. You ignore it. You don't listen to the fantasy data. Yes. <laughs> so stay in your level. For me, it's four to five leagues. For some, it could be more. But always know what you can do and what you can't do. My personal right number is three leagues. And even then, like, in reality, it's like two leagues max. And then after that, like, the third league is just maybe from having fun with it. Yeah. Start where you're comfortable and then go from there. Yeah. Don't be afraid to only have one league. It is, it can be a lot of work or you can be that guy that just doesn't even set his lineup and kind of ruins it for the rest of the season. Yeah. Don't be that guy. Let's move on. Let's talk about our favorite player from 2020. Um, these are just personal favorite players throughout the season. Kind of give reasons why. I'm going to let Keone go first because it's going to be obvious. Everybody knows who his favorite player is. So the floor is yours, Keone. You know it. Go Beasley. I'm not oh, even going to try and joke around about it. Cole Beasley it was sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy in that we, when we talked about him, it just made it more fun to watch him play football and watch his like fantasy stats and stuff like that. So it was sort of just the hype building in on itself and it made for a really enjoyable watch spell as well as those, that bills team was really fun to watch as well. But I just loved Cole Beasley because he was, he was crafty and he was, scrappy. you know, scrappy on the field, stuff like that. I mean, it, and he coach had coach on the field. Yes, as well. He had, I think one of his best receiving games of his career last season. So that was really cool, but yeah, I can't say enough about Cole Beasley and I'm excited to see who it might be this year. Hmm. It's going to be Cole Beasley again. <laughs> um, all right. One of my favorite players last year was Stefan Diggs. Um, just because didn't really expect him. Um, you know, like he's a good player, but usually that first year of new quarterback, new system, everything, you don't like find brilliance. And so you thought maybe like, uh, we'd be happy with a thousand yard season. We'd be happy with a hundred receptions, probably going to be, we're going to be content with like 80 stuff like that. And he just went off and it was just fun to watch. The whole bills team is fun to watch. Josh Allen is a great player to watch. He's just like makes entertaining football. Um, and to be honest, if James Winston was able to play this year, it would have been him because James Winston's just fun to watch because it's like you don't know what's going to happen on every play. He's either going to throw a touchdown or an interception literally 30 times a year. So 30 for 30. The new 30 for 30. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan, who was your favorite? Bill's Mafia. Get your tables out. It's John Brown. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh. It's, actually, it's actually DK Metcalf. Yes, last year he had 83 receptions for 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. 
But for me, it was realistically him making everyone look like little boys, big man. I mean, against the Eagles, dominated their, like Slay, like ridiculous catches. 49ers blocking guys into the goalpost. I mean, it was ridiculous. And if you ever watch NFL films, like on Instagram, the trash talk he does, the little things he says, like even better. And hawking down Buda Baker for on that interception. I mean, he's turning the flash for that play. It was was absolutely ridiculous. I think DK Metcalf is such fun to watch because like the NFL is already giant, scary men. Like they are huge and strong and everything. And he is making them look small. And he has a pacifier in his, in his, his, uh, like a pacifier mouthpiece. Yeah babying little people just babying them it's so fun to watch and it's like this man's a wide receiver and you see pictures of him without a shirt on and it's like jesus christ like how how do you do that he has to be roided up but i don't think he is yeah i slander the man yeah well like he just looks like that like you immediately look at that and you're like okay he has to be but like i understand if he's not stuff like that so it's the it's the coffee in seattle Seattle's best really does it to you. Uh, did you guys have any like secondary favorite players? Anybody that you want to want to chat about? Uh, Kyler Murray was fine. Daniel Jones yeah. falling on the you know what ten yard line oh, after eighty yard run. Him. Yeah, all all that stuff is fun. So, Keone, do you have any any other players? I know, like I said, Josh Allen too. But who doesn't like Josh Allen? Right. I mean, and I, I love like a little like fun fact about like him and Stefan Diggs, apparently the way they got like helped their connection was by being like Madden or call of duty, which I think is just adorable. <laughs> really? Like call of yeah, duty? <laughs> that's yeah. Because like the whole pandemic thing. So they weren't be able, they like could, couldn't get together for a bit. So when they were away, they played call of duty together. And I just, that's an amazing story. Can you imagine hopping in a lobby with Stefan Diggs and, and Josh Allen? Just going through plays and stuff. Yeah, they're just like spider two Y banana everywhere. And it's like, what, what <laughs> you doing? Just secure the objective. All right. I think that's gonna do it for us today, guys. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening. As a special bonus for making all the way to the end of the podcast, you'll be the first to hear about two major products that will be coming out next week, starting Monday, March 8th. On Monday, we are what we are launching our brand new website called daydreamermedia.com. As well, on said website, we are releasing a series of articles on the top free agents this offseason and the most interesting places we think they might end up. More details will be coming out as the week progresses on our socials at daydreamer, sorry, at day underscore dreamer media on Instagram and on Twitter at FF Daydreamers. Speaking of which, if you recommend a friend on Twitter and add us while doing so, We'll give you a shout out on the next episode. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you guys so much for listening. And don't forget to stay dreaming. Stay dreaming. Stay dreaming. Stay dreaming.